it's the Organist Encores. Another month has gone by, which means it's John Leeming back at the microphone. And it's a different microphone this month, uh, in case you can hear any difference. Um, my best microphones have gone wrong, but that will be sorted out soon. Anyway, I've got another selection of music from my favourite instrument, and I hope yours. The Theatre Pipe Organ. Well, this time I'm just going to pull a few records, tapes and CDs off the shelf with performances I like. Uh, maybe I like the organ or maybe the performer, but mostly it's the combination of the two that just sets off a few neurons in the pleasure zone of my brain. Well, it was good to hear Damon's programme last week, wasn't it, with his selection of theatre organs in Britain still in their original homes. One of his choices was part one of Sidney Torture's Hot Pipes selection at the Gaumont State Kilburn. By coincidence, I'd already selected part two of that particular performance for this programme. Great minds think alike, eh? Well, I don't know about that, but here's the music. Thank you. 
Greenwich Witch, Serenade to a Wealthy Widow and Twilight in Turkey. Sydney Torch, Hot Piping at Kilburn in 1938. That comes from a CD produced by fellow podcaster Stephen Ashley and it's well worth having a copy if you haven't got one already. Um, If you want to know more, just go to hotpipes.eu and all will be revealed. Now let's cross the Atlantic to Barrington Hills, not far from Chicago, and the suave playing of Lynn Larson, whom we also heard last week. Here he is at the famous 80-rank instrument in the Place de la Musique, home to that splendid collection of musical instruments created by Jasper Sanfilippo in what is now known as the Sanfilippo Foundation Collection. Lynn Larson there on the San Filippo Wurlitzer with My Sin. (laughs) Well, whatever the tune might be called, that performance was in no way sinful. Just Lynn's normal, elegant, top-notch musicianship. I've always had a soft spot for Jackie Brown's playing, ever since I heard him bring the, the Clapham Junction Wurlitzer to life in 1971. I don't know what sin he may be thinking of, but here he is at Tooting, pleading guilty. Thank you. 
Jackie Brown at the Granada Tooting Wurlitzer in the 1960s and guilty. Well, he was certainly guilty of playing with feeling there and I hope you'll forgive a bit of distortion on that old tape. Now, one of the most creative musicians to have graced the theatre organ scene was Buddy Cole. His own composition, Sassy Brass, made a great impression on me when I first heard it on The Organist Entertains. Oh, half a century ago now it must have been. Anyway, I'm going to play it now. Playing indeed, Buddy Cole on his Wurlitzer Robert Morton hybrid organ in his home studio in Los Angeles. He certainly pushed the boundaries of theatre organ performance when that was recorded in the early 1960s, as indeed did Johnny Singh in the same decade. From one of his classic albums on the organ in the St Mary of the Lake Seminary in Munderline, which he had carefully customised, comes this exciting rendition.
My heart belongs to Daddy. Theatre organ creativity at its finest form from John Sang in Munderline. Now someone once said to me that it's easy to make a theatre organ sound impressive if you play it fast enough. Well, I've never thought that playing the theatre organ at any speed is particularly easy. But to keep precise control when playing slowly must surely be even much more difficult. A complete master of the art was George Wright, of course, and here he is with a laid-back but perfectly controlled performance of George Gershwin's Biden my time.
beautiful, in spite of that bit of tape bounce at the end. George Wright at the Don Leslie studio were her, and my thanks go to Damon Cox for supplying that stereo copy of that track. Another artist whose playing I've always enjoyed is Eric Lord, master of the roly-poly Wurlitzer sound. Here he is, away from his usual home territory in Manchester, with an in-concert medley at the Southbank University in London. Thank you. 
Sweet Georgia Brown, whispering, I'll see you in my dreams and we'll meet again on the South Bank Wurlitzer in about 1986. Talking of masterly control of slow numbers, here's a fine example of the use of rubato. That's the varying of time values to shape and colour the phrasing in a performance. It's from David Shepherd at the Wurlitzer Organ. <laughs> When the Stars Come Out at Night, David Shepherd on the Wurlitzer in the Rex Cinema Stratford, London, from one of several LPs he recorded there when news of the organ's impending removal was announced in 1975. I think that's the first of that series on the DeRoy label, uh, the one I always thought of as David's pink record on account of its pink cover. When I first brought that record, I, I found myself playing it over and over again. It's become quite a collector's piece now and uh, you're likely to have to look abroad even to find one on sale on the web and uh, then you'll probably be paying something like 25 or even 50 pounds for it including postage. Time for my final choice now and of course it's got to be Brian Rodwell hasn't it? It's from his first LP at Two Team. On your marks, get set, it's Louise. Mm-hmm. 
wonderful playing. How bold and adventurous that must have sounded in 1954 to those brought up on a, a BBC dart of Sandy McPherson. That track is from one of three pioneering LPs on the Ventures in Sound label, masterminded by Jerry Kritzer in the USA and Dave Paulin in Britain. My thanks go to Don Walker, who managed to rescue a mint copy of that record from the estate of Jerry Kritzer, who sadly died last July. Well, time's up. I'll be back in a month's time with a special light-hearted April edition. But be sure to listen again next week when I know Damon Cox has got another great programme lined up. And from me, John Leeming, it's bye for now. Thank you.